The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Back again, once more for another edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter, and the guest co-host chair is Nick Suss. He covers Ole Miss for the Jackson Clarion Ledger. Today's guest, former Ole Miss basketball player Nick Williams, good friend of the program, so he's going to come on in just a little bit. But first, Nicholas. Hey, bud, how you doing? Pretty good. I didn't know it was an all-Nick edition of the podcast today. Oh, you're so corny. Yeah, and? As long as you're good with that. No, I'm completely content. I sometimes think that I'm so corny that people are weirded out when I do normal things. Like today... A friend of the show, Nate Gabler, saw me walking with an umbrella and said, I didn't strike you as an umbrella guy. When it rains, isn't everyone an umbrella guy? But I think I give off this persona of being so corny, so out of the normal. The people are just like, oh, man, he would never want to avoid getting wet. Just contrarian by nature. Oh, it's raining outside. Everyone will have an umbrella, so I'll go without one. That makes no sense. Yeah, but if it's the persona I give off, then congratulations. I've played myself. There are worse things. Yeah, for sure. Might be in the redheaded fire stick that I am, apparently, to most people. So there you go. You're good. Yeah. Ole Miss lost again on Saturday. This one felt different, though, Nick. Ole Miss should have won that game. The biggest thing I keep coming back to is Matt Luke still has not won a game in which he wasn't supposed to win that game. He hasn't upset anyone. And now Ole Miss has lost 10 of his last 13 games. At some point, 
the platitudes of we're young, we're coming, we're getting close, it rings hollow, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you bring up that should have won. In the in the short time I've been here, the only other game that this closely resembled was last year against South Carolina, where Ole Miss outplayed the opponent the entire game. Stat sheet looks like an Ole Miss win. Stadium environment felt like an Ole Miss win. And then it wasn't. It just absolutely wasn't. And you talk about the platitudes. I, at this point, I have no idea when you're going to stop calling the team young. I don't know when you're going to stop calling the team inexperienced because the depth is certainly an experience. Your backups haven't played at all. But at a certain point, playing eight games in eight weeks, your starters should be somewhat experienced, you think. Before we really get going here on Talk of Champions, let me tell you about my bookie and impact by Ironwood. As a true football fan, you already know just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season. College football season is wrapping up, so now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Bet with the best at my bookie. Best part is if you join right now, my bookie will double, double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code TOC, Talk of Champions, TOC, to activate the offer. That's promo code TOC to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right. Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part, you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. That's impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. It's one thing to harp on the inexperience of the roster, which on its face is true when you're considering how many freshmen are actually playing. But then when you start to factor in under the surface what was lost, that is at the feet of Matt Luke like a Tony Gray, who he recruited, kept through the NCAA mess, but then transferred anyway. Or Jack DeFore, he transferred out late in that NCAA stuff. But those are players that Matt Luke recruited. You can only lean on this for so long. And then when you look at the sophomore class, and this is one of Matt Luke's classes, and he talked about on Monday stacking classes on classes, where's Tylen Knight? Where is an Alex Fanio contributing in any way? Isaiah Woolard's disappeared. Zy Baker's no longer a factor. Jonathan Hess has done nothing. Ben Brown's been great, but then you look at other guys like Sincere David. Where is he? It's fine if you want to go out there and talk about being young and we're coming and this, that, and the other. That doesn't absolve you from blame for Ole Miss losing games, especially when you look at the games such as Saturday in which Ole Miss outplays its opponents and it still doesn't win. If they're outplaying their opponent, if the talent is equal, if not better on Ole Miss's side, and if you watch that game objectively, there was no difference or disparity between those two teams. And yet one team wasn't having the catastrophic mistakes, head-scratching, questionable decisions being made by the coaching staff. It's no longer about the players. It has to be about you and taking accountability for that. And there's been no accountability in that way for me. To be fair, whether or not the coaches are accountable, the loss still happened. 
Sure. So they can say whatever they wanted. The the game happened. The outcome happened. And I'm of the belief that unless you are one of the top 5% or bottom 5% of coaches, what you do on game day itself probably doesn't swing the outcome. What you do during the week, fine. But in-game coaching decisions, especially from the head coach when he's not calling plays, when he's not calling defenses, the head coach's effect on a game day comes down to, are you going to kick or punt or uh, go for fourth down? Are you going to go for two? Are you going to like the big structural decisions? Well, even then, Matt Luke made some very questionable decisions on Saturday. Oh, for sure. But my point is Matt Luke is not the reason John Rice Plumlee fumbled. You can trace it back to practice. You can trace it back to all of these things. Are these guys focused enough? Are they doing all this stuff? But this isn't to absolve the coaches. It's just to say in general, We can talk about coaching, we can talk about players, but if your big mistakes are a blocked field goal, a fumble, and the corral pick, none of those feel like coaching decisions, and the fumble and the blocked kick are probably sheer luck because they're away a football bounced. Yeah, but what is a coaching problem is a timeout before an extra point when you're trying to get a review, even though you didn't have to call that. You have to be given an assurance by the official that there's going to be a review it was clear and obvious that that was, Correct. in fact, a touchdown. Then there was Correct. attempting a long field goal with Luke Logan, who has not proven to be consistent in any way, shape, or form as a kicker, allowing a shorter field for Texas A&M. On and on and on it goes. There's enough blame to go around. It just rings mm-hmm. hollow when you continue to no, harp on the youth and stuff like that. The sophomore class is yours. Coaching staff is yours. Rich Rodriguez has been a disappointment so far. The numbers just aren't there. I don't know. I think we just have to shift our perspective because if we go back to the podcasts in July and go back to the podcasts in August, I know I was saying, and I don't know if you were saying, I can't listen to every show, but we were all saying, who knows what this offense is going to look like. It's going to be growing pains. It's going to be hard. It's been exactly what I expected. There have been some giant bright light bulb moments of greatness, and there have been some utter moments of confusion. I don't want to call that a disappointment when it's exactly hitting my expectations. But where's Miles Battle? We're all talking about how Ole Miss isn't stretching the field, not winning one-on-ones. Well, Miles Battle is a Jacob Peeler and Matt Luke guy. Where is Demarcus Gregory? Where are these guys that are supposed to be providing that to you? And if you're not acknowledging that there's fault in the coaches for not getting that out of them, then who does it fall on? It can't just be a talent issue. And I think that we always try to put it into a box of it's either talent or it's coaching, but it can never be a combination of the two. And in this situation, it is to where now <laughs> Ole Miss is staring four and eight in the face. And if it gets to four and eight, unless it beats state at state, which will be a challenge because it's always a challenge when it's at home in the Egg Bowl. At the end of the year, you're looking around. I don't know what the leadership's going to be. I don't know who the AD's going to be. We know who the chancellor's going to be, for better or worse. But you have to ask hard questions as a university. You know you've got great young talent. You've got a good recruiting class coming in. But John Rice Plumley and Jerrion Ely and Nick Broker and defensively Jay Stanley, A.J. Finley, DeAndre Prince, do you think this football program will be better suited with those prime years, sophomore and junior of John Rice Plumley, Jerrion Ely, in the hands of Matt Luke or someone else? I think everything comes down to the golden rule of making a coaching decision, which is, can you guarantee the alternative is better than the present? Because if you can't guarantee you're going to go out and find somebody better than Matt Luke, you're probably going to waste those prime years you're talking about. Because if it's a three-year rebuild and you only have two more years of Jerry on Ely or something like that, or two more years of Plumley or whatever you want to call it, then what was the point of going out and getting these two really strong recruiting classes, assuming next year's class stays as strong as it is right now? 
That said, do you want to base the entire future of your program on one recruiting class, on this freshman class? I don't know. It's a really tricky situation. But when it comes down to it, the decision you have to make is, are things going to get better or are things going to be different? And if you're making a change just for the sake of something being different, it's probably not the right decision. This has to be a conversation. At the end of the day, this is a scoreboard business. It's about wins and losses. And Ole Miss isn't having that type of success. Six and six to five and seven to potentially four and eight, maybe five and seven again. I think we sometimes, and I've fallen victim to this too. I think sometimes when we look ahead to potential changes in this, that, and the other, we get caught up in, oh, well, this recruiting class will fall apart. I did this when Matt Luke was being considered for the full-time gig before the season started. After Hugh Freeze got fired, he got the job holding the recruiting class together, blah, 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 keeping A.J. Brown on campus. It's not about one year. It never should be about one year. We get caught up in you can't rebuild while you're in the middle of a rebuild. Look, Hugh Freeze came in and everyone in and around the program, fans, media, coaches, players, everyone said – This is a multi-year rebuild. And Hugh Freeze in year one with an offensive line that featured Emmanuel McCray at left tackle with two bad knees still got bowl eligible and went to the BBVA Compass Bowl. And they were competitive in games in which they shouldn't have been competitive. Missouri just lost to Vanderbilt. You couldn't put up a better fight against Missouri. You couldn't beat Texas A&M. If you decide at the end of the year, whoever makes that decision, be it Keith Carter or someone else, that Matt Luke isn't your guy, you don't just not roll over the contract like you did with Mike Bianco which in retrospect, I think wasn't the best move. He's either your guy or not your guy. And if he's not your guy, fire him. If he is your guy, extend him. Same thing with Andy Kennedy back in the day as well. Either Matt Luke is your guy or he's not. There could be no more half measures. Half measures don't work. If Ole Miss does get to four and eight or even five and seven, there has to be a hard conversation about whether it's worth it to go through this all over again. Because the fan base is at a point that's so dangerously apathetic that I'm not sure it could ever come back if they do this again. No, I completely understand everything you're saying. I, there, there has never been a point where I've advocated against having the hard conversation. I think that's completely necessary. I think the point of what I was saying before is it's a lot harder to find a guy who's going to do better than people give it credit. Because even if you look at the big coaching decisions uh, throughout the SEC in the last couple of years, the only like surefire absolutely turned a program around higher Mark Stoops. I mean, Ed Ogeron and Kirby Smart turned teams from nine win teams to 11 win teams. That's not a huge turnaround. I know Gus Malzahn took over an Auburn team that was really bad the year before he got there, but it was still Auburn. They were still three years removed from a national championship. So I'm trying to think if you're trying to find a guy who completely turned around a seller dweller in the SEC into powerhouse in the SEC. The guys are Mark Stoops, who I don't even want to use the word powerhouse, and then Dan Mullen and Hugh Freeze. It's not that easy to just say, let's go get somebody new, because the guys who turned it around, they got given five, six, seven years to do it. That voice you hear is Nick Suss. He writes for the Jackson Clarion Ledger. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Got plenty more to talk about in regards to Matt Luke. But real quick, let me tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Don't look now, but the holiday season is almost upon us. That special time of year to spend with family and friends, and that includes spoiling your loved ones. And what better way to spoil them than with a new car? Now, the car buying process, no one loves it. That's why the only place to go, the only place I've ever gone, is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. 
And there are numerous reasons why drivers choose Alan Samuels of Oxford. They proudly serve Oxford, Batesville, New Albany, Senatobia, Memphis, and their teams of sales advisors, service technicians, and financing experts are trained with one focus in mind, addressing each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. And that means you can expect to learn all of the features of the specific new Ram 1500, 2500, Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, Dodge Charger, or Chrysler Pacifica you're interested in in the market for a used car. Their team will be happy to fill you in on each of the reliable options in their inventory. And when the time comes for you to drive home your next car, their auto finance team is standing by with solutions to fit your individual needs. Alan Samuels of Oxford truly has every one of your automotive needs covered. The only question left now is how they can best serve you. To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. That's 662-638-0044. You can stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. No one's advocating for turning Ole Miss into a powerhouse just to be more competitive, consistently competitive. It's not like Hugh Freeze came in and won 10 games. It took a multitude of years to get to 10 wins in a season. And maybe this freshman class that's playing right now that is young can be a 10-win team. You have to ask yourself, who do you want to control? John Rice Plumley and Jerry O'Neilly, all of those talented youngsters, who do you want to control their prime years? And that's their sophomore and junior years. Because right now I look at this sophomore class – and it's been a colossal disappointment. If that's the sophomore class in their development from last year, what is the development going to look like from this class to next year? My whole deal with Matt Luke is you're saying focus on attention to detail and worry about the little things, get better, harp on. What are those things? And if you can't define them, what are you doing? Because every time you ask for specificity in the Monday press conference, you didn't get it. You just got the same platitudes. And I think that's hard to accept if you're any person who watches or follows or covers this program with any type of intensity. I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. What are the little things that are keeping you from winning these games? You know that quote that Einstein definitely didn't say, but people think Einstein said where it's like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah. Well, when I asked Matt, how do you get better at attention to detail? He said, it's just doing those little things over and over again, doing the things we're doing, but doing them better. And it's stuff like watching film. It's stuff like playing hard, things like practicing hard. And maybe there truly is a tipping point. Maybe there truly is that point where you've put in your X amount of hours you needed to, and now you know how to play hard. Mike McIntyre said it today. It's all about knowing what you're doing, and that breeds confidence, and confidence breeds playing at the speed you need to play. Maybe that is scientifically true, and football is this weird thing where if you just get the mental reps and the physical reps enough times, you will get better. Or maybe they're beating their head against a wall. Because to me, in most fields, if you want to get better, you do something different. You don't just stand at the free throw line and shoot a thousand times until you make 900 of them. But sports, maybe that is the way to get better. I really don't know. We are laymen in this regard. We don't know how to build a great football team, which is why I'm a little frustrated and kind of subtweet all the keyboard warriors telling me what I should tell the coaches about the quarterback situation, because we really don't know how to run a football team. What we do know is what we see. And as you pointed out, the apathy is the concern. Yeah, they started five and two last year. They're three and 10 in their last 13. Full stop. 
Now, this whole conversation might be moot anyway because to get rid of Matt Luke and his entire staff is going to cost you $14 million. This might not be relevant today or even in a month. Maybe the timeline just doesn't match up. you got to win some of these games. Texas A&M was right there for the taking, and you didn't do it. And if you can't provide the answers for that, for why you're not able to get over those humps, you can't sit here and tell me to my face that you're getting close, you're improving, you're right there. It's not about being right there. It's about winning. And I am not someone who can build a football program. I do not pretend to be. Matt Luke's forgotten more football than I'll ever know. But I think it's obvious when Ole Miss isn't using the middle of the field that something is wrong offensively. When you're on third and two, throwing it deep down the sideline to Elijah Moore with quarterbacks who have not proven accurate, either one of them, throwing down the field. And Matt Lucas asked about that in his press conference, and he says, well, each play has a built-in one high beater and a built-in two high beater on the opposite side. There are no flares out of the backfield for running backs. Jerry Neely's not involved in the screen game. There's nothing in the middle of the field. You watch NFL games, and despite one high, two high, doesn't matter. You have a running back leaking out of the backfield. There is an emergency outlet for a quarterback. You see it with Zeke Elliott all the time. Tight ends leaking out into the flat. Whatever it might be, they're staying in the block at first, but then there's an out. And it doesn't matter if it's one high or two high, because once the play is developed, if it's not there, doesn't matter if you go to your X, your Y, your Z. You can go to your running back or you can go to your tight end, and that gets you a couple of positive yards. There's nothing like that. I went back and I watched every play of the Missouri game offensively, and I'm going to go back and do the same about the Texas A&M game. There are plays with John Rice in at quarterback where it's not one high or two high. It's zero high safety. They're playing straight man with seven in the box, and they can't go over the middle with no help. There were plays against A&M where I noticed, I mean, if you look at Corral's pick, it was an RPO that he threw and Elijah wasn't even looking at the ball because Elijah knew he was covered and didn't think there was any reason a quarterback would throw it that way. These guys don't have the options, and that's because so many of the options are in the backfield. And RPO offenses are great. I love RPO offenses when they work. But one of the limitations of an RPO offense is when you have one receiver devoted to standing on the sideline to be the out route and you have one running back devoted to maybe getting the ball on a handoff and you got somebody else on the other side of the field just being a dummy that means you are running a one route play if the quarterback chooses to go downfield maybe that's a maturity thing maybe both Plumley and corral have to be more willing to just tuck it and take one yard or run out of bounds or throw the ball away but that's another thing i haven't seen these quarterbacks don't throw the ball away uh, which sometimes is a is a valuable asset i'd love to see a receiver step up and be able to catch an intermediate pass. I'd love to see Octavius Cooley reappear in this offense. He's been a ghost for the last month. I'd love to see Jason Pellerin kind of presume the role that we thought he was going to have after the first two weeks of the season. It's just nobody's doing that. And I don't know if it's a talent thing. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a combination of the both. And I don't know if it's neither, but I know something's wrong. And I will say the one time that that actually happened, that a quarterback got it to an outlet, a hot route, if you want to call it that from Madden terms, was Octavius Cooley. But that's when John Rice Plumley rolled out of the pocket. There was no pocket anymore, and he just saw him flash in front of him. That's an awareness issue. But Matt Corral should have that awareness. At some point, you got to look at the overall record in your 3-10 and 10 in your last 13 games. That's not just on youth, and that's not improving. Because if you're improving, 
you'd have beaten a Texas A&M when you had that game in your hands. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Nick Suss at Nick Suss. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. Also available in SoundCloud and should be wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Oma Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Going now to the modern women phone line, got to talk some Ole Miss basketball. We're going to do it with Nick Williams, former Ole Miss basketball player, now an assistant coach for Northwest. This is Talk of Champions. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line is former Ole Miss basketball player Nick Williams, former grad assistant under Kermit Davis, now at Northwest Community College, friend of the program. Hey, bud, what's up? What's going on, my guy? How's it going? How's everything in your world? It's just grinding, that's all. Every day, man, grinding every day. How about the new gig? Do you enjoy being the Northwest assistant basketball coach? How'd you get the gig, and what's it been like so far? It's been great, man. Um, I, I I got hired on mid-May. Um, I, I head coach right now, um, Shane Oakley. He he was the head coach by himself last year. He was the interim. He got the job midway. I want to say right before the season started, and um, he went through the season by himself the whole year. And um, they decided to give him an assistant. So um, and, and that was me. And uh, I'm just thankful for the opportunity. Um, Northwest is a great place. Been up here in Centotopia. It's not too far from from Oxford, so, you know, it's easy to get back and forth. So, man, it's, it's been great. You've always been a guy who can recruit. Now that you're in it every single day, you got to go get players to bring to Northwest. What's the challenge in recruiting? What are you learning? Uh, I, just, I mean, I think the challenge as far as Juco and Mississippi, you only get three out-of-state players. So when you do go get these guys from, from out of the state, they have to be guys that are going to come in and have to play right away. You know, but – um like I said, it's been great, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to recruiting the state of Mississippi, man. I'm, I've been here, you know, for, for almost half my life. It's what it's playing and um, just staying here and going to school here, man. So it's been great knowing, knowing the, getting to know a lot of people as far as, like, high school basketball and some of the coaches and stuff and building relationships. So, um, like I said, it's going to be fun, man, just rehashing some old some old, uh, old times with some guys that I knew from back in the day, and I'm um, just trying to get players, man. Looking back now, the year spent as a grad assistant under Kermit Davis, how do you assess it? Uh, I mean, it helped me tremendously. Um, you know, uh, with AK leaving, you know, it, it's, always, it's always hard when, you, when you're going through a transition and you don't know what's going to be the next step for you, but like I've told you before, like I've told everybody, uh, Coach Davis, um, gave me a great opportunity, and um, I'm forever thankful for it and for how those guys took me in and, and and taught me so much about the game and just just basically how to watch film and what to look for and watching film and just how to talk to some of the guys 
And um, I, it's been great, man. It's been great. I, I love those guys down there, Coach Case, Coach Davis, man. It, they're, they're great people. And um, anytime somebody asks me something about them, I have nothing but great things to say about them. What's Kermit like behind closed doors? Man, amazing. He's so engaging. I, I, we had so many, so many talks, one on one, and you wouldn't expect that from a from a from a head coach to a grad assistant, especially a guy who um, uh, I didn't play for him and he didn't know me from a hole in the wall, man. But he he took me on, and um, I'm just grateful, man. I'm I'm just so grateful. I tell him this all the time. Every time I see him, how grateful I am him for giving me the opportunity and um he's just amazing man he's just I mean, he has so much knowledge about the game and i've never seen anybody just dissect the game the way he does and it, it's great to see so explain to me how his one three one works he said getting guys to, i mean a, a lot of people try Ole miss when, when when ak was there Ole miss tried to play it and i mean some teams will have some success but it's never quite the same like you could Every it, like it's, it's not anything new. One three one is simple, but he just gets his guys to play so hard in it, man. Unlike anybody I've ever seen, and that, I think that's the key. Just getting guys to to go all out every possession that they're in the one three one, and it just it just it's just amazing man, how he gets guys to play so hard. I've I've never seen it before in my life. It takes good defenders from your guard spot to really make that work, right? Somewhat, but I think the key the key to it is the the top guy, the top the top guy in the one three one, who dictates like he controls the guy with the ball. So from side to side, he he dictates the amount of pressure you put on the ball, and then you you have to have a guy with length at the top, and also he's probably going to have to be your hardest playing guy is at the top, and you just have to be long. And he and they've done a great job of recruiting guys to fit their system, long rangy guys. Instead of guys that are six one, six two, stuff like that, like they have a bunch of guys that are six six, six seven, six eight, and I think that's the the, the biggest key to it. Brian is now alone, the lone senior. TD's gone. You were in that position. What advice would you have for him? I'm um, just trying to stay even keel. Not try, not get too high, not get too low. Obviously, Brian has, has been through a lot with, you know, first he came in with injuries, and then he had to. You know, just find his way with the team. And now he's in his second year under Coach Davis. And um, I think he knows what he has to do. Um, he he was first team RCC last year. So he's going to have so many more eyes on him this year. And the game plans are going to be tailored towards taking him out of the game. So he's going to have to find ways to, you know, obviously still score the ball at a high clip, but also be more efficient, be more vocal. And he's going to have to lead by example, man. Um, it's, it's just that simple. He's going to – it's easy to be the guy when nobody sees you coming into the year as a guy. But this year he's going to have to be the guy when everybody knows he's going to be the guy. And that's going to be difficult, but I think he can do it. Is he an NBA player? I think so. Um, the NBA is not what it used to be. you you, you got to be able to shoot the ball now and be, be able to handle the ball. And Blaine can do both of those things. Um, I think he'll have to play some point in the NBA, but I also think he can do that too. Um, Brian is really smart, man. And um, I know I saw some the other day that said he was probably the hardest guy to guard in the SEC. And I believe that because of the offense that they run and he's so smart and he's so crafty with the ball, he can do a lot of things. And also he's, I think, I think Coach Davis said it. I think he is the, the, 
he has the best mid-range game in the country. And um, obviously, I've only seen him and a couple other people in the SEC, and I haven't seen a lot of people, you know, across the country as far as the mid-range game goes. But I, I think from what I've seen the last couple of years, he has the best mid-range game in, in the country. He ran out of gas last year. Was it just that simple, or is there something else, something more to his poor finish to the year? No, I don't think so. I just think playing under Coach Davis, man, you have to be in, in tremendous shape. You have to be not not only physically, but mentally, man. And he can, because Coach Davis does not let up. And um, he knows what it takes to get to the to the highest level in college basketball because you've seen what he did all those years at, at um, Middle. We couldn't beat him when I was there. I was 0-2 against him. So, obviously, he knows what it takes to, to get the best out of his guys. And I just think it. It happens, man. Guys ran out of gas, but in year two, I think it'll be even better. These guys, the team is deeper. That's first and foremost. The team is, the team just looks better than it did last year on in in year two. And I think secondly, they know what it takes now under Coach Davis to succeed. And um, I think that they'll do it this year, man, because they have a they have some good guys coming in. And obviously, you got I think is one of the top three backcourts in the in the, in the SEC with, with Glenn and Devontae coming back. So, you know, this year is going to be fun to watch them just, just how much they've grown and how much they um, have put into the summer. You and I talk all the time, mostly about the Cowboys, but last year before the season started, you were pretty bullish that Ole Miss could be competitive. You didn't go as far to say that they could be an NCAA tournament team, but you thought they could be competitive. But you acknowledged the lack of depth and the concern of only being about six, maybe seven deep. So looking at this team, knowing that they could have a rotation of 11, what does that do for you as a basketball team? Man, I know a lot of people really don't understand it, but having so many guys that can that can play – on any given night, it it helps you stay sharp as a basketball player, man. It helps you understand that if you have one off day, like your minutes could be gone. And guys are so so eager to to play and 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 get minutes that they'll do anything, man. And and iron sharp is iron, man. They they know that if they mess up, there's a guy right behind them that's clamoring to get minutes. And, we'll, and they'll do anything that they can to get on the floor and stay on the floor. So having depth just just brings so much more competition. And you need competitive guys on your on your team because you know when you don't when you don't have anybody behind you pushing you and knowing that you'll play majority of the minute, you, you'll go through emotions knowing that hey man, I'm going to get back in. But if you have a guy, another guy at your, at your position that's just as good as you, you know, hey man, I got I got to be on top of my game because. This guy is going to take my minute. So, like I said, man, the coaching staff and, and all those guys in that building have done a great job of, of, of identifying talent and identifying guys that, that they want to go and get, and they've got them. And um, this year, I believe they're going to show it, man. I think they're going to have a, a great year. Who does Sammy Hunter remind you of? He reminds me of Murphy, except with an outside shot and a jumper. I haven't really seen much of him. I've heard so many good things about him, about it, about his skill set in the low post and how he can step out and, and make a three. So I can't really say uh, much. I haven't seen him that much. I've seen some highlights of him and stuff like that. But I, I mean, from what I've seen, he's super athletic and um, they say he knows the game real well. So it'll be it'll be great to see how much how much he plays early. You know. 
I don't know how Murphy never developed a jump shot. I mean, you're so good at, at one thing. Why, why, why try to fix it, man? Murphy's playing overseas now, making a, a ton of money. So, I mean, he's been doing the same thing since I've been doing it since high school. So, I mean, I wouldn't fix it. <laughs> yeah. We'll get right back to former Ole Miss guard Nick Williams after this brief word on the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. I think we can all agree that Oxford has expanded. Our small little town, the home of the Ole Miss Rebels, is now jam-packed with new developments across the board from housing to restaurants, shops. And while Oxford is bustling like never before, it's made it hard on all of us to find the perfect home in the perfect spot. No one wants to spend three hours going to the grocery store. Fortunately, the Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, is here for you. An innovative new development brought to you by John Welty Realty. It's just blocks from the historic Oxford Square, offering 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses, setting a new standard for community living with keen detail to ease and classic elegance. One day you might be hungry. You take a few steps outside your front door, go to the grocery store. Maybe go get a drink at the brewery. Maybe spend some time shopping at one of the many offerings that the Lamar will have once development is done. Build out is happening right now, so get in while you can. The houses are modern, open concept, one bedroom, two bedroom, whatever you're looking for in a home, the Lamar has the perfect spot for you. But you want to learn more, so call John Welty today, 662-638-6710. That's 662-638-6710. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. Hello at the LamarOxfordMS.com. The Lamar is hot. The only place to live in this jam-packed town that we call home, Oxford, Mississippi. When it's football season, all you want to do is be around football. Even when you make your trip to the pharmacy, you want to see Ole Miss. The best pharmacy to go to, the only Ole Miss pharmacy really to go to, is Cheney's Pharmacy for all your pharmaceutical needs. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online, Cheney'sPharmacy.com. And Cheney's Ole Miss is always in season. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Marv's the best, man. I mean, he's the most competitive guy you'll ever be around, and you're right. The yeah. one thing he does well, driving to his left, nobody can stop it, even though they knew it was coming. I know, because he's so quick, man. He's so quick off his feet, man, and he's so strong. Like, even when guys would cut him off, he would still go, and then some kind of way, he, he I don't know, man. I can't explain it. I'm, I was happy he's on my team. I'm still surprised that when Marshall and all those former players went and played in um, – that league to where you can win a million dollars. I can't remember what it's called, the basketball tournament. They didn't come close to winning. That always shocked me because I felt like they had the perfect blend. I know that those teams are tough, but when you got Chris and Marshall and Murphy and across the board, a number of former players that all kind of blend well together, I thought they'd go further. Man, I was not shocked at all, man. How could you be shocked? All of those, Tarico, all of those guys were the same person in, in AK system. Every one of those guys was the number one option. So when you put Moody and 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 Marshall and Chris and Chirico 
all on the same team. They all all of those guys feel like they're the number one option. So they're going to shoot number one option shot. So when they got their hand on the ball, they let it go. And I was not surprised at all. But I I told myself watching those games, I was like, okay, if they're going to lose in the first round, they're going to win it all. <laughs> Every time it's lost in the first round. <laughs> well, the problem is, is yeah, Marshall's going to get his buckets. Chris is going to get his shots. Tariko is going to try to make some acrobatic dunk. He wants to get his highlight. And that's the way they are. I love that. Man, I was not shocked at all. When I looked at the box score after the game, Cruz uh, had 17 shots. Marshall had 15 shots. I was just like, oh, okay, that's part for the course, man. You have to pick one of Chris, Marshall, Tariko to take a final shot for your team. Who's it going to be? Chris Warren. Yeah, me too. And I love Marshall to death, but, yeah, it's Chris. I mean, he's the only one that has technically made a game-winning shot, right? Well, Marshall did make that 30-footer against Vanderbilt to send it to OT. Exactly. We take game-winning, not game-time. Yeah, that's fair. He beat Kentucky. <laughs> Cold-blooded. That's true, man. Yeah. That, that was nasty. thing about Chris is that he wanted those shots. He believed he was going to make them every time he shot them. He is the most irrationally confident guy I've ever seen in my life. Like, when we were in practice, it was, it was unbelievable, man. Like, he would – Chris thinks he can, he can do brain surgery. That's the craziest thing. I'm telling you. He was like, man, you don't know how easy brain surgery is. I'm like, what? He's nuts, man. That's my kind of guy, the, the guy that believes he knows everything. Those are the most fun guys in the world to be around. And he would argue – I'm talking about – like, he would literally have a, a 30-minute argument with Chris on telling him, like, dog, you cannot do brain surgery. And he would tell you, dog, how hard is brain surgery? <laughs> and he would tell you about all these people in, in the room. He's like, man, you got so much help. Like, you got all these doctors and nurses in the, in the, in the, in the room. Which is like, how can you mess that up? I'm like, dog, it's brain surgery. What do you mean? I always thought he'd get a cup of coffee in the NBA. That surprised me. I did, too. And honestly, man, I, I think... At when you at that point, you're just happy to play basketball somewhere, man. Like the one thing you don't want to do is to stop, you know. And as long as you get a check somewhere, and these guys are getting paid a lot of money to play ball overseas, so hey, obviously everybody's dream is to make the the league, you know. But man, as long as you're getting paid somewhere to do what you want to do, you know, I mean, hey, that's good in my book. That's what I told TD. We were sitting down talking before the season last year, and he said, Ben. I promise you I'm going to get to the NBA. And I'm a very pragmatic person, and I like TD a lot. So I said, look, that's exactly how you should approach this. But understand that Chris Warren and Murphy and Marshall, all these guys have gone overseas and made a lot of money, and there's no shame in making a ton of money um, overseas. But TD was one-track-minded, focused solely on the NBA, and he got there. For him to go and in one game in the summer league with the Nuggets to ball out – get a one-year guarantee from the Raptors, the defending NBA champion. How does that make you feel? It's got to make you feel prideful. Man, um, I'm beyond excited for TD. And when you think about it, before the season, if you're coming off the uh, season last year, man, or, I mean, the year before last, when T, well, what did TD have? It's like 12, 13 a game, something like that. He didn't have the best year, you know? So coming into the season last year, you're thinking, Okay, we just need TD to, you know, pick it up and do this and do that. But nobody, nobody really, really, really thought that. Okay, TD's going to be an NBA player. But when I tell you, Ben, this guy, him and Bruin Tyree last summer, man, I've never, ever, ever seen anybody work on their game 
like I saw those two guys work last summer. I mean, two and three times a day, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock at night. These dudes got in the gym and worked like nobody's business, man. And, and, and it helps. And it helps that a lot of people tell you that you're not going to make it. So that's just they put, you know, extra motivation on and just seeing TDG flourish, man, it's been great. And also, the, the, the guys in the NBA, I bet the 12th, 13th guy on the bench, I haven't many guys on the bench, they believe that just given a chance that they, they can be stars too in the league. So, you know, you got to have gotta have that, that bit of irrational confidence in the NBA that, I mean, that's how you get there. Like, just getting to that point, there's been so many guys who've been told, hey, man, you're not going to make it and stuff like that. So you got to be irrational to be in the NBA, you know? And then second of all, the NBA is not what it used to be. The, the NBA is full of guys who, who are specialists, man. You got three and D guys. T and D, I mean, TD can be a perfect three and D guy. Like, so the NBA has changed so much, man. You can have all kinds of people that can make the league who just do one thing great. Overseas, you got to be able to – if if guys are bringing you in overseas as an American, you have to man, you have to be the assist guy. You got to be the rebound guy. Obviously, you got to score points. In the NBA, man, they just got dudes who are making a hundred million dollars that get fifteen rebounds a game. Look at that great drummer. How great of a score is he? But not good. But what he does, he blocks shots, he rebounds, and he defends. So I mean, you can be just a specialist and get paid a lot of money in the NBA. And um, TD probably going to be that kind of guy. What was TD like on draft night? He didn't get down on himself. He just got committed to um, what he had to do next, and he wasn't going to accept getting a two-way contract, and he bet on himself, and he succeeded. What was it like for him to see him not get the moment he wanted with the draft, but then to go on and accomplish his goal anyway? I think you said it, man. Um, I can't speak to his mindset on draft night, but I can, I can tell you his mindset before that night, and everybody sees his mindset now. He bet on himself, like you said, man. Um, he didn't take what he thought was, a, um, I think, a, a deal that he felt like he can get better. I don't, don't want to say inferior, but he just felt like he can get a better deal. And obviously he could, man. And it's so hard. Look look, look at the path he went, man. He, he, got, he played for the Nuggets, but the Raptors offered him a deal. Like, that's crazy. Like, that doesn't happen, you know, every day, man. So... To play for another, play for another team and get offered by another team, and but TD man, TD just ball man. TD was a, a, a all state football player man, and he's in the NBA, and it just it blows my mind just you know just how hard that this guy was last year man. I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of him man. Ansu Cisse is the grad assistant for Ole Miss basketball this year, one of the greatest Ole Miss basketball players of all time. What advice would you give right. for him for filling in that position? Man, I need to be asking him for advice, you know? <laughs> but, for real, man. But, um, I mean, I don't have really much. Just, I mean, just learn as much as you can, man. Just be a student. Um, Staying there all night watching film and just picking, picking guys' brains who've done it, you know, way longer than you. Um, Go in there and ask questions, man. I, I remember days just sitting up watching film, and I thought I had a pretty good grasp of it of just certain plays and where we need a guy to be at a certain moment. But what I do, man, I just get up and, and just go and sit and talk with Coach Davis, man, and just pick his brain, man. He's, he sees, the, the, I think, the, the, one of the most 
just mind boggling things about Coach Davis, man. He could be he could be watching practice and he's coaching guys and he sees some way across the floor. Like I'm like, how does he see so much at at once, man? And it's just experience, just knowing what your team has to do to um to succeed and he sees it all, man. So but I, I think for Antu, man, is just going in and just talk to Coach David every day. Talk to Coach K, talk to Coach Hamilton and Levi. Just talk to guys every day and ask them about their experiences, man. And just, you know, just just be a sponge. Ole Miss was picked to finish eighth in the preseason by the media. That feels about right going into the year. Come on, man. You know what you know what you know what we do at Ole Miss. They pick up eight, you know where they're gonna finish. Now I'll probably finish the top four, man. You know, you know how it goes. League's tough though. Oh, Miss is tough, man. They're good. They're going to be good. Which newcomer do you think is going to have the biggest impact? Tell me what you classify as a newcomer, man. A guy that didn't play that much last year or just a, a guy who's totally new to the team? See, because you're going to say Luis Rodriguez. Of course I'm going to say Luis Rodriguez, man. Yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> Dude is a baller, man. Dude is a baller. You worked with him a lot individually. What did he get better with throughout the year? I think his understanding of the system. You know, knowing what Coach Davis wants, you know, um, I think that's the hardest part, man. Coming in as a freshman playing for Coach Davis, man, it, it is unbelievably hard. It's going to be something you've never, ever seen before. And it's, you're going to be coached in a way you've never, ever been coached before because he is relentless. He will, He is on top of you all the time. And... It's hard, man. It's hard to, to play that way. It's hard to 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 be in the game thinking like, hey, man, I, if I mess up, I'm going to come out. Like, it's hard to play that way. And it takes a special kind of player. You know what? Hey, man, I'm confident in my preparation. So I'm just going to go out here and hoop, man. And um, he's, he's from, from the spring, man, what I've seen is just his motivation to be better. Like, he, he didn't like that he didn't play as much as he wanted to last year. So he just take it, took it in his own hands. He's like, man, I'm not, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get on the floor and stay on the floor. And I think just him understanding that, you know, he's, he's year two now. So, I mean, every, everything comes with growth. And he's growing and he's getting older. So every, naturally everything is going to be better. So I just I, I think he's going to be uh, a guy that you got to keep your eye on. He's Nick Williams, former Ole Miss basketball player, grad assistant under Kermit Davis, now at Northwest. Best of luck with the new gig, man. You know, I got nothing but love for you. I appreciate you. We'll do it again. All right, thanks, brother. That was former Ole Miss basketball player Nick Williams on the Modern Women phone line. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. In the guest co-host chair is Nick Suss. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave that five-star review. Talk of Champions is powered by BNA Bank. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. Back with me now is Nick Suss. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Ole Miss basketball coming up in two weeks. What are your thoughts now two weeks out? The first AP Top 25 came out today. Ole Miss is unsurprisingly not ranked. But, yeah, basketball's peering around the corner. I, I mean, people are starting to come out with all their lists and their rankings, and it's being pretty consistent that Ole Miss is listed as the team we're not talking enough about. 
they're in the top five of all of these. Why aren't we talking about Team X lists? And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the category I see this Ole Miss basketball team in. You have two absolutely proven commodities at guard who are probably going to be, if not all SEC, then fringe all SEC guys. And then beyond that, you have hopefully sophomores that can make the jump and a recruiting class that's got to fill out the bigs. It's a team that's built well. It's a team that you hope can repeat what it did from last year, but it's going to be hard to get better until maybe January, especially if Blake Henson can't go. Which team gets to five wins first, football or (laughs) basketball? Arkansas State, Norfolk State, Western Michigan, Seattle, at Memphis, at Penn State. The fifth win on the schedule is probably in Brooklyn unless they can beat Memphis. So it might be within hours of each other if Ole Miss beats State. I think basketball is a safer bet because there are fewer question marks involved with basketball. Seattle, surprisingly good non-conference team. Ole Miss should be able to handle them. But I think the first Ken Palm ratings came out yesterday and Seattle's in like the 120s, much better than some would give them credit for. But other than that, yeah, I mean, Penn State's a good team. That might be a toss up, but I can guarantee Ole Miss basketball will win five games this year. So I'm much safer to pick them because I can't guarantee that about football. Where is Ole Miss right now in Ken Palm? Ah, uh, 62, 64 about right. about in, right. in the low 60s, high 60s, low 60s, whatever you call it. That means that they're a fringe tournament team going into the year with potential to play up to it. Yeah, which that's kind of where I expected them. What's your read right now overall in the SEC? I think it's going to be a, I mean, Florida and Kentucky are going to be a two-team league at the top. I mean, those are two really, really good teams. I'm voting in the AP poll this year, and I had them both as top five, top 10 teams. They're both really special. But beyond that, you've got a gaggle of about eight teams that I think could all be tournament contenders, but they'll have a lot of question marks. Auburn and Tennessee are obviously losing a ton from last year, but those are becoming marquee programs in the SEC, and I think they should be able to sustain it. LSU, who knows? (laughs) They've got a lot returning from last year. They've still got their coach, which is huge. But I mean, so much is still looming with that NCAA stuff. Whoever knows if the anvil is going to fall. And then you've got Georgia, who brought in one of the top five recruits in the country. Maybe he can carry them uh, with Tom Crean's offense into something resembling a middle of the pack program. Everybody else in the conference that was a tournament contender last year, whether it's Mississippi State or whether it's Texas A&M, Arkansas, there are teams that are pretty good, and I'm sure I'm missing most of them. But it's it's going to be one of the most competitive leagues in, in college basketball. How many bids does the SEC get? If I had to put a number down right now, I'd say seven or eight, but I could see it getting as big as nine if it's another soft bubble year like it was last year. You think Ole Miss is one of those eight or nine? I think right now they're eighth, so if it's a seven or eight, it's tough. What can Ole Miss do to secure your confidence as an NCAA tournament team? You have to beat Memphis, Wichita, or win one or two in in New York. I think it all comes down to the non-con. Because the thing they didn't have last year was truly strong non-con wins. And this year, without playing in the SEC Big 12, they have one fewer marquee non-con game. So upset Memphis in Memphis, that'd be huge. Upset Wichita. It's at Wichita, right? Yeah. Upset Wichita at Wichita. Then you're looking at, okay, this team has a marquee win carrying itself into January. It's got to win another 10, 11 games in conference this year. That's going to be tough. Ole Miss's football schedule next year is brutal. Because Ole Miss basketball, it's different. They won games that they weren't necessarily supposed to win, but the talent disparity wasn't all that significant, and Kermit Davis pulled it off. Now, football is different. It's more insulary, but still, 
Do you think Matt Rule's going to be a Baylor next year? Who he might be an NFL coach. He might be an NFL coach. He might replace Clay Helton. I, I feel like that's an awesome fit if he wants to go to USC. Florida State's probably going to be open. Does he want to jump that? Is that a better job than Baylor? I don't know. But yeah, I have no idea if Baylor's going to have the same leadership because if your boy, if Jason Garrett's not there, I don't know if he's your boy. If your team's boy isn't there, Matt Rule might be attractive to lead the biggest team in Texas. No, Who Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley's the number one guy. It's just, is he going to do it? I've always thought Lincoln Riley would be an awesome fit for the Cowboys. It's just, will he do it? I think that's the job he wants. I've said that too. I, I truly believe that's the job he wants, but do the Cowboys re-sign Dak before they sign Lincoln Riley? Like, I think Lincoln Riley would totally go to the Cowboys if he got to pick his quarterback. If he's stuck with Dak, maybe he doesn't, or maybe he could I think turn Dak's back a top the same 11 quarterback. I, I'm curious to see how he's doing this year, because last year, I know he was in that 20 to 25 range in DVOA and rating and all that stuff, but... Maybe he's taken the turn this year. I know he's had four really good games. and I know he's had three below average games and the record indicates that. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, Lincoln Riley turns Jalen Hurts from guy who couldn't throw to Heisman contender. So I'm, he can do anything with anybody, I think. I assume and expect Matt Luke to get 2020. But if he didn't get 2020, what would the view of the Ole Miss job be for prospective coaches? I think the view would be this is a team that can improve, but the ceiling might not be maybe as high as a program at a different conference that doesn't have to contend with Alabama and LSU and Auburn in your in your division. So if the question is, would I rather take the Ole Miss job or a Florida State job? Obviously, Florida State's the job you'd want. But I mean, even if you're comparing Ole Miss against a mid-tier ACC school or a mid-tier Big 12 school, the coaches have to weigh, is the prestige of coaching and recruiting in the SEC worth the competition? Or should I go somewhere where the path to 10 wins might be a little clearer? How many job openings are there in the SEC after the year's over? Oh, I think it's going to be a bigger number than we gave it credit for. Because there was a point in this year where I thought the answer was zero. I don't think Chad Morris is going to survive the season. Even after Saturday, I don't think Derek Mason is going to survive the season. We'll see if this Joe Moorhead to Rutgers stuff has any legs. I don't necessarily know if it does, but we'll see if State makes a decision after this kind of lukewarm year. I think two years is way too early to give up on a guy like Joe Moorhead, but I've seen crazier things happen. You go around the rest of the league, there's always a chance that there's an oddball job that I'm forgetting or not considering. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's a chance there could be three, four jobs open by the end of, end of all of this. Handicap Matt Luke's odds of getting fired this offseason. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did that specifically so you could pass. I knew you did. Yeah, had to mess with you. I have no idea. I really don't. I really don't either. It would be much easier to handicap these odds if we knew if he would have a full-time athletic director, who that would be, if that person knows him personally, if Matt somehow pulls off an up upset this year. There, there's so much that could happen that may happen that this is just an impenetrable scenario that uh, is way above my pay grade. Everyone that I talk to source wise feels like he's getting 2020, but there's still the caveat of who's the AD. Who's that going to be? If you were AD for a day, what would be your first action? Pass. Good call. <laughs> Good decision. Pass it. Yeah, I got, I got some thoughts, but no, I'm not, not touching that one. It's just weird. How different is today if Ole Miss beats Texas A&M? 
if Ole Miss beat Texas A&M, then the conversation is how fast can the Liberty Bowl call? Because, I mean, everybody would start booking their bowl tickets because everybody would be confident that this team could beat Mississippi State. Now that they lost to A&M, I don't think anybody's confident about that game. I think it went straight back to toss-up. Uh, we would be talking about all year we said Ole Miss needed to win one game. It couldn't, and it did. But since they lost the game, they were supposed to lose. We've all forgotten that they were supposed to lose it just because they looked good in it. All year we said Ole Miss needs to win a game it shouldn't. It didn't. It hasn't. Now it's got a chance against Auburn, but that chance is based on, hey, five of your offensive linemen are hurt, and Auburn has one of the best defensive lines ever assembled in college football. Block them. Or is it going to be LSU, who has one of the best passing offenses ever assembled in the SEC? Can your makeshift secondary shut them down? The two worst possible matchups. Can you win one of those? That's the odds that this team has against it. I'm not going to say fans should feel particularly optimistic that either of those offsets are going to happen, but they're on the table. So how are you spending your bye week? I am going to do a whole lot of nothing for the first couple of days, but I think I'm going to subject myself to some personal torture on Sunday and go to the Titans-Buccaneers game. I've been a Titans fan since the miracle. It's been a parade of, it's not even sadness, it's just mediocrity. If you ask 100 NFL fans to name all 32 teams in the NFL, I'm pretty sure most of them would come up with the Titans 30th, 31st, or 32nd. Just a forgettable team. You and I were the only ones at baseball practice recently. Are we going back out there this week? Uh, depends on if I'm still in town. I mean, if, if the availability is Tuesday or Wednesday, I'd happily go. Thursday, I technically have paid time off, so who knows if I want to work. But I'll be there if I'm working. What are you working on right now? I am working on a couple of projects. I have one that should be coming out later in the week that I've been working on for about a month that I think people are going to really like. Talk to some current players, talk to some recruits for it. Did a lot of research, read a couple of scholarly articles. That one should be a fun read. But other than that, just your uh, generic bi-week beat work. Uh, who's hurt? Who's not? Who's going to get healthy? And what the heck can this team do to improve? He's Nick Suss at Nick Suss on Twitter. My thanks to Nick Williams, former Ole Miss basketball player. It was the all-Nick show, as Nick Suss coined it, corny as he is. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. We'll do it again. Yes, we will. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.